Now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station. I'm Adam Lesser. And I'm Joshua Townsend. Welcome to Notes on Your Notes, a podcast about the creative process and storytelling. Uh, For those of you who did not listen to last week's episode, you don't have to, but I would highly recommend it because Mm -hmm. we have our special uh, guest writer, Hannah Smith, here. And you can listen to her read her piece and have us give her the first round of notes. Mm -hmm. So our whole concept behind why we're doing this is so we can show everyone the process of how Josh and I work with artists and writers and everyone, the process of going through a draft, getting notes. And then I don't even want to say revision because I don't really like that word. Let's just say developing mm-hmm. uh, the story further without a need for it to get to a specific end draft. So uh, you can go back and listen to last week's episode and hear that. It'll probably be helpful, but we're here now. Today. Yes, we are. Hannah. Hannah's here. Texted me frantically this morning. <laughs> <laughs> she had written six pages. <laughs> All right. Like, palm. <laughs> um, I'm happy to be back, though. I'm excited to. I, I like the um, development versus uh, revision. Yeah, yeah. Good about yeah. That. yeah, yeah. Because it's both. It's both the development of the piece and also the development of the artist. Yeah. Mm. You know, so it's yeah. not. They're, they go Love hand it. in hand, right? Yeah. 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 And that perspective is helpful in not feeling like you have to get the next draft better or right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just different and more developed. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a tinge in like six pages, like, oh, I didn't bring in something that was closer to what I want it to be, maybe, or more along the, those lines. Which I think uh, a better perspective is I was like, oh, great, six pages, there's more material for us to work with now. Mm-hmm. As we move towards helping you write, you know, a more layered, textured final piece, which I think is better. One of the ad- pieces of advice that's been helpful for me, particularly in screenwriting, is I think when you're screenwriting a little bit, you think in terms of this 110, 120 page script. And rather than uh, do that, just actually just write, just write. And mm-hmm. if you end up with 200 pages, then that's just, just viewing it all as development. You know, there's interesting Scott Frank who wrote Out of Sight and a bunch of famous movies, famous screenwriter. There was someone cleaning up a uh, old room at one of the studios where they had a bunch of old scripts, drafts, and someone found this uh, draft and it was 300 pages. And we're like, who writes a 300 page script? And they like didn't know what it was and like, what is this? And they started flipping through it and he suddenly started to recognize some of the characters from Out of Sight. Hmm. And it was an early draft that he had written of the movie. So. Maybe that's a healthier perspective, I think, just to let yourself explore ideas. And that's all we were trying to do, I think, yeah. last week with notes. For you, it was to try to help you, give you cues for how to start developing. And that's all of life because people look at a finished product and they think, oh, I have to, I have to write to or act to or to a finished product. And that's not the reality mm. in, in anything, be it, be it uh, food or art or... Yeah. writing you know what i mean yeah, yeah totally yeah so there's always layers in a canvas as well yeah yeah it's like if you think in relationships yeah like you're like when my partner does this and we have this then everything will be perfect mm. but not really yeah it doesn't, yeah. doesn't work like that <laughs> wow well adam that sounds like the voice of experience there <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll be going on a motivational speaking tour soon <laughs> 
I think that I like I like things to be really like organized and neat and edited, and so this feels mm. very messy. Great. And there's a lot of extra information here. Extra. I'm doing your thoughts. <laughs> um, not extra. It's yeah. It's a good perspective to have. But um, normally I would just like take a you know hacksaw to it and just like start chopping stuff out of it because I just to edit it down and I and I resisted the temptation here. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, should we hear it? Yeah. Well, a- anything else though you yeah. want to oh, show yeah, us? Yeah. Actually, yeah. How, how do you feel? Oh, wait, well, you know, just before Hannah got here, we, you know, we, we, we did, um, you know, sage. So everything's clear. So the past is gone. And, um, <laughs> Against but, my will. Yeah. How, how do you, how do you feel? How did you feel going away uh, last time? And, and how do you feel now? And what process went through you? I feel good. I I feel like I'm really just embracing the process. And so, yeah, there was definitely parts that it felt uncomfortable mm-hmm. because this is not normally how I work. And mm-hmm. so I just basically stuck to your notes. And, uh, I also listened to the two episodes that you recommended about developing a sense of uh, place. I mm-hmm. think it was. Mm-hmm. And then also the city versus country, mm-hmm. um, episode, which I really liked. And I also made myself try to make more clear decisions for my character mm-hmm. because I, totally love to live in that gray area and i'm like well they're a little bit of this and a little bit of that so i really just tried to move outside my comfort zone and do that but mm-hmm. it, yeah it's uncomfortable but it felt also good i feel good okay yeah cool good i was on my hands and knees harvesting snap peas we had been doing it for hours it was hot i thought the snap peas would never end i was 26 and working on an organic vegetable farm in washington state for the summer my literal job was my literal job title was farmhand. I lived in a treehouse on the farm property with a mattress and a record player and two albums, Willie Nelson's Over the Rainbow and Patsy Cline's Greatest Hits. My best friend from college worked and lived on that farm with her boyfriend, and she had convinced me to come work there on the farm for the summer. I had been living in Oklahoma, failing to figure out what I wanted to do with my life when she called me and said, come work on the farm. So I did. A month before I left, I met my boyfriend in Oklahoma, which brings me back to the snap piece. My boyfriend from Oklahoma had just come to the farm to visit me, and I was thinking about his visit while I harvested. During his visit, we drove up to the beach at La Push, which is on the Puget Sound, and camped on a remote beach under a full moon surrounded by massive pieces of driftwood. It was so perfect. I was afraid to breathe because I thought I might fuck it up. His mother called him and said, savor it while it lasts because this might be the best vacation you ever have. I don't know what that means, but I was bursting with love for him. He told me he loved me one night while we were sitting on the porch of the treehouse, surrounded by branches, looking out over the sleeping fields. This is it, I thought. I grabbed a snap pea and crunched into it and turned to my friend Hope. If he asked me to marry him tomorrow, I would. She laughed me off. Okay. But I said it. I did. I've gone back to that moment so many times in my mind since. A year later, I was living back in Oklahoma, and this time I was the one traveling to the West Coast to visit my boyfriend. He moved to Los Angeles to follow his dreams of becoming a filmmaker, and we'd been doing the long-distance thing for about six months. During my visit, we drove up Highway 1 with the windows down. We stopped in Big Sur and went for a hike. I didn't love Los Angeles, but I loved the West Coast. The feeling of being on the edge of the country, the breezy weather, the palm trees, the rocky cliffs up near Big Sur. 
We stopped for an espresso at Tartine in San Francisco. I had grown up wondering about California. It seemed so far away, so unattainable when I was young. I wanted to see the ocean and go to Disneyland. And on that trip, it still felt unattainable to me. I was supposed to be preparing to move to LA myself, but things were not going well. I wasn't making very much money at my barista job. My 1996 Honda Accord had just started leaking oil and definitely would not make the drive out west. But the biggest hurdle was rent. It'd be one thing if we were going to live together and share rent, but that wasn't an option for either of us. Our very conservative Christian families viewed living together before marriage as a sin. At this point in our lives, neither of us ascribed to those beliefs anymore. I had stopped going to church years ago. My boyfriend wasn't even sure if he believed in God. But living together before marriage was so visible, very hard to hide from our families. So this whole time that I'm visiting him in L.A., and we were on this wonderful West Coast road trip, in the back of my mind I was thinking, I don't think I'm going to be able to make this work. And he's definitely not going to move back to Oklahoma. So as much as we really love each other, this feels like that last great time we're going to have before we break up, which was so sad because our relationship still felt so young and new. And like, we would never be able to see where it was going to go. We made it all the way up to the West Coast to Washington, to that same farm I had worked on the year before. We were visiting my friends Lauren and Jonathan, and we spent several beautiful days in the country with no cell phone service, taking walks, making food with the freshest ingredients, and generally blissing out, as Jonathan would say. And on the last day at the farm, before we returned to our lives in L.A. and Tulsa, We spent the day at the Chehalis River with our friends, surrounded by evergreens, swimming in the icy cold water, eating snacks on the shore, and sitting on a quilted blanket with teddy bears that we had borrowed from Sam's roommate, Rico, in L.A. At one point, we saw a bird that we thought might be a bald eagle. Around sunset, we packed up to leave, and everyone headed back to the house, but Sam lingered behind. I walked back to get him, and when it was just the two of us standing by the water, Sam pulled a ring out of his pocket and nervously and abruptly said, will you marry me? I was shocked. I looked at him standing there holding Rico's teddy bear blanket and this ring out towards me. And I thought I should be excited right now. But this feeling of dread in the pit of my stomach expanded. And then my rational mind took over and said, why wouldn't I? This is great. We love each other. It's going to be a good thing. We'll be able to live together in L.A., and our relationship can keep going. So I said yes. That night we had cocktails at McMiniman's pub with Lauren and Jonathan in honor of the engagement. I found out that Sam's whole family already knew, as did my friends that were at the river. I felt like my life had just changed and I hadn't been involved in the planning of it. Most people take about a year to plan a wedding, but we decided to do it in three months. Sam stayed in Los Angeles and I flew back to Tulsa. I moved back in with my parents to save money for the move. I lived in my childhood bedroom with a cork board filled with pages ripped from National Geographic and photos from my high school. I slept in my old twin bed and I started planning my wedding with my mother while living with my mother. My mother was so thrilled I was getting married that she was willing to spend whatever I wanted on the wedding. This is God's plan for your life, she said. But as I picked a venue and sent out wedding invitations, I couldn't shake my anxiety about the marriage. It felt too soon. We'd only been dating a year, and it had been mostly long distance. 
But then I would circle back to, if we're married, we can live together, which would make it possible for me to move to LA, which meant I could leave Tulsa and get away from my mother. So even though it felt crazy and unsettling to be getting married, I told myself, I love him. And I knew that was true. I bulldozed forward with the wedding planning with a singular focus. I have to get this over with so I can get on with my life. I couldn't find a wedding dress that I like, so I had my mother's wedding dress altered. My parents were beaming. I think they had been worried for the state of my soul, and somehow knowing that I was getting married to a man who comes from a Christian upbringing assured them that I was back on track. My mother came into my room the night before my wedding and said, God has a soulmate for everyone, and once you are married, you will become one with that person spiritually. Then she handed me a folded up piece of paper and said, I've written down a prayer for you to say, This will break the bond between you and anyone you've ever had sex with before. It's important to do this before your wedding day. I sighed and took the piece of paper. She left. I opened it up. It said, in the name of Jesus, I break the bond with, and then she wrote in parentheses, name of person. (laughs) (laughs) My mother, who was a virgin when she got married, who taught me nothing about sex except not to have it, who didn't know for sure but had a pretty good idea that I wasn't a virgin, handed me a spiritual formula to become a virgin again in spirit before my marriage. This is such bullshit, I thought. I don't even believe in God. But then I made a list of everyone I'd ever had sex with, and the one person that I can't remember his name, so I just wrote, Guy in Austin. God can figure it out. (laughs) I quickly said the prayer, ripped up the piece of paper, and threw it away. We had a small wedding with friends and family. It was perfect. An Art Deco wedding, an Art Deco building, wildflower bouquets, a violinist who played Bach as I walked down the aisle, a hand-painted photo booth background, vegan cupcakes. Everyone had a great time, but I had a bottle of whiskey hidden in my dressing room and I kept disappearing to drink it by myself. I got drunk and then spilled wine down the front of my mother's wedding dress, a dress that I had to have altered again the day before the wedding because I had lost so much weight. My new husband and I danced our first dance to the song My Baby Just Cares For Me by Nina Simone. As we danced, I looked around at the display. My parents had spent all this money on the wedding so that I would be happy, right? And why did it feel like none of it was for me? Suddenly, it was all so clearly a charade. This whole thing, my marriage, was so that our community, our parents, my mother, could feel okay with us living together. This isn't about love. It's about complying to the rules. I'd always imagined my wedding would be the happiest day of my life, but all I wanted to do was run away from it. After the wedding, I thought, it's over, finally. Instead of a honeymoon, we did what we do really well together, which is road trip. We rented a U-Haul, packed all of my belongings into it, and left Tulsa for L.A. the day after the wedding. We drove through the Texas Panhandle, stopping at the Cadillac Ranch. We spent a night in Santa Fe. Driving out west has always felt instinctually right to me. The vast openness feels like a chance to walk away from everything and start again. I reveled in the fact that the wedding was over, But there was something that wasn't over that would stick with me, and that was the marriage. In L.A., I struggled with my new identity of married person. Every time I met someone or got to the point of conversation of saying married or wife or husband, I cringed. I felt like I was talking about someone else, and I I had accepted in a new identity that I was deeply uncomfortable with and felt like I couldn't escape. Before, our love had been so sacred and good and personal. And then we brought that love into this thing called marriage and a wedding, and suddenly it felt tainted. 
I had painstakingly spent years identifying dogmatic beliefs in my life that were harmful and that I didn't want to uphold in my future. And then I had just stepped right back into it and brought the most important relationship, the thing that we had that was ours and no one else's, our love, and I had given it away in order to please our parents, my mother. Instead of something that I celebrated, getting married became a hurdle for me to get past in our relationship. I felt the weight of the compromise that I had made and the pressure we put on our relationship by getting married so early on. But I never told my husband, how do you tell someone that you love more than anything that you regret marrying them? I couldn't get past the feeling of that in my own life. I couldn't get past the feeling that my own love was stolen from me. I started going to a therapist and facing the fact that it was my choice, that I had given away my power with the decision to get married, to have a wedding, and so much more. So, finally... On our second anniversary, when my husband wanted to plan a big getaway weekend and I didn't want to do anything to celebrate, I sat him down and told him all of the reasons why I absolutely hated our wedding and that I wish we hadn't gotten married. It was tough and led to more conversations and more conversations. But a few weeks later, he said to me, I love you so much. I would divorce you right now if you asked me to. And that is the most romantic thing anyone has ever said to me. Wow. Thank you. That was amazing. There's so much richness. Yeah, there's so many yeah. new details that are great Oof. from the last version. Yeah. The treehouse, just to, just to start off at the top. Mm, treehouse, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> and the music that you picked and the albums. Just the image of you sleeping in your old twin bed. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. It feels so like a certain time in someone's life where they sleep in a twin bed. Yeah. Oof. Oh, man. Oof. <laughs> Cork boards, yeah. stuff from high school. Yeah. yeah. I, I always find it interesting to kind of go through it sequentially in terms of the notes without giving it like any um, uh, importance level. And then at the end of it, um, going in for the, the larger okay. overarching notes. Does that, yeah. how does that feel? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess on the top, um, and I know you're going to, Josh, you want me to do details, but just one of the things that I did think you did really well in this draft versus the last draft is just talking about what the dream was of California. Mm. And that that pull versus the what's uh, sort of pulling you back, right? Relationship mm, yeah. with your family, uh, and, and also your own personal hopes and dreams showed up several times. Yeah, okay. which was great. Much, that was great. Yeah, um, you know, there's even a moment at the beginning where you say, "I didn't love L.A., but I love the West Coast." Mm. There's a much greater sense in this version of what California and the West Coast meant to you mm-hmm. as an image, which mm-hmm. I liked. There's also, uh, I think, an amazing. The way you set it up, you know, again, where you say, if I'd say yes, if he asked me, because then we know as soon as he does ask you, it's not going to be what you want. Uh, I liked, I, I couldn't get, there's, it's so, um, there's something so visceral about it. I was on my hands picking, mm-hmm. picking snap pieces, is that right? Hand, hands and knees. knees yeah. And, and about power mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. about not yeah. feeling powerful. And Christian prayer. Prayer. Yeah. Um, yeah. In front of Jesus. There was also this moment that struck me, which is, I think it's Sam's mother says to you, this might be the best vacation you ever have. Just, which I couldn't get past feeling like <laughs> such a bizarre comment. I love that moment. I love it. <laughs> and I kept thinking, It's fraught with so many possibilities. Like, what sort of weird foreboding <laughs> comment does your future mother-in-law tell you? <laughs> like, like, what a bizarre oh, thing to say to It's Sam. all you deserve, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Yeah. Better enjoy like, it while it lasts. Is there a context to that? <laughs> no, it's super weird. I don't. I almost didn't put it in because I was like, I mean, 
I'm not giving like more context for that, but okay. it was just one of the details that I thought of. Okay. Well, I mean, because in a way, it. it's true because <laughs> <laughs> because after this, you're not going to want to go on a vacation with Sam. You're not going to want to do a lot of things because yeah. this is the moment you feel in love in that sort of honeymoonish way, and then everything's going to get complicated. Right. So she's not entirely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I thought it was. I just was wondering who this character is that would that it was more that question like who is this person that would say that to someone yeah like what's her deal yeah like was it is it more like now you get serious and you start a family and you'll have babies soon and you know there'll be no time for making love on the beach (laughs) like i don't know what is you know like i don't know where that's coming from there's a moment where you talk about i come from this very conservative christian background and i still want to push you a little bit to give me behaviors and symbols Mm. both ones that have been with you like the one with the mother, your mother is brilliant, where she brings the prayer in. I can't think of a better example. Oof. You know? That like, gave me a chill. Yeah. Yeah, and not in a good way. Right. <laughs> I'm just thinking if you can give us a detail earlier. We talked about it. I don't know if at this point, even if the detail is I refuse to bring my Bible with me to the farm, mm. whatever your behavior is that's showing the break, Yeah. Um, just something there or okay. something, you know, I still wear the cross around my neck because I just don't know what else to do this. You know, just something that like, as, or they're calling your parents or, you know, you're lying about going to church, whatever it mm-hmm. is. Um, just something a little earlier rather than uh, telling us you come from this conservative Christian, just show us what that behavior, how that's, because ultimately the story is about how it gets under your skin and it's in your head, yeah. which is why you feel obligated to make a decision that's against what you feel is best for you. Yeah. So, so I'm going to run the, I'm going to run the, no, I'm going to run my parallel chunks because that way some of it it repeats and some of it doesn't. And that way we'll, won't have to go through the whole thing. Yeah. Like that. So yes, I also loved hands and knees, love 26, love Oregon, love, um, the job title. All that's really working for me. Treehouse, fantastic, uh, country song. Wonderful. I just wrote excellent. Um, and then, um, (laughs) your childhood friend. Why don't you come work on the farm? Okay, so I did, and I'm just like that is so perfect for 26. It's just <laughs> is it, it just it just drops me into the character in a beautiful way. <clears throat> and then um, snack peas and snap peas and the visit full moon beach, all that's working for me. But ba- uh, mom, oh yeah, best holiday thing again. Mm. Wonderful moment. Fear fear based love fear based comments. Uh, Treehouse again, great sleepy fields, beautiful image. Oh. Beautiful image, um, and it's really interesting because you say if he if he asked me to marry me I, I, I would marry him marry me, and uh, and then you're saying that to your friend Hope and that's fantastic because you're setting up the what's what's about to come mm-hmm. so that's great um, six months L A visit um, uh, the Expresso uh, California hopes and dreams are coming through a lot better and I love the the '96 Honda. And then I, too, mentioned here, which is the rent, but I can't because of my Christian background, basically. And I agree uh, with Adam's note is that that needs to be dropped in within the first paragraph. We need to know that that's a part of your character. Um, Within the first, very first paragraph of the story? or, Or two, yeah. Okay. Like that early, but it, it it can be something as simple as you know, 
a, a cross that you were around your neck or the Bible, the Bible that you didn't want to take, but your mom made you, okay. or there has to be some sort of indicator that that's coming down the pike or freeway. Um, because, because it's a major obstacle. And if we don't have any hints of it before, then it's a little jarring. It's mm. like, well, that's, how, how did that happen? Yeah. And but it's, but it's the, better but, if you show us that earlier. And than it, telling us, I come right. from an evangelical Christian family. Yeah, yeah, it's don't, you, yeah, yeah don't, don't tell us. Don't, don't, okay. like, you know. So hope you know, I come from an evangelical. Family. Yeah. Are we going to be living alone because I can't have any boys? <laughs> you know, it's not that. It's m- something a little more textured, a little yeah. more layer, a little more subtle, a little subtle. And, and I mean, another way to look at it, within not just character but character and relationship is, what are you doing with Sam that's unacceptable before he ever proposes marriage in a conservative Christian context, right? Like, mm. what are you already doing that, you know, like, because that can roll out like, even this is even what we're doing now is not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that builds up to the, like, to the point where you're willing to do certain things that are not okay, but that one thing you're not willing to do that's not okay is live with him mm. without being married. Right. Yeah. And and, she, and you do talk about it beautifully. You make a distinction between visible and invisible. So what do you find that is invisible? Maybe that can come up at a different point as well. What's invisible that you're okay with? Yeah, okay. Okay, I'm, I'm caught up to your chunk, so progress. When Sam proposes to you, mm-hmm. do you remember his reaction to your reaction? <laughs> I know that's hard, but like, what does his face look like? So he proposes and you're like, yes. And do you remember, was, he, was it clean for him? Because we talked about this a little bit last time. Like, what is he feeling? Yeah. So that's one of the things I thought about since last time. And I made some subtle changes like in the, um, to make it so that all of this experience is just mine. So he is fine with it. He's happy. Um, the other question I have is, or suggestion is, what are the thoughts specifically? You write that the rational mind takes over. Give mm. me the thoughts yeah. rather than the actual. Don't tell me my rational mind. Can, like, actually, you know, because even in, from a performance perspective, that's an opportunity to be like, we could live together. No one will judge us. I can hide from my parents this way. Like, whatever's going through your head, uh, I could get to live in LA. I can start a new life. You know, like all the things we rationalize to ourselves when something doesn't feel right, but mm-hmm. the data is telling us, do it. We're trying to rationalize it. To, show me that experience. Give me that experience. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to jump in just because we're, we're, that way we're tracking and all the notes can repeat in the same section. Um, uh, I love when you go into that thing of not going to work and how sad it is. Uh, how your relationship, this is, uh, your relationship is so young and mm. now it's not going to work and this is really sad. Yeah. I love that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> because Because a little bit later you go, it's, it, this is all, this is, this is all, you know, this is all, it's the opposite. You give me the opposite note of like, this is all happening too fast and we don't really have time or our love is sacred. You have like three or four different points of view based on the same relationship, based on how, what you want to happen next. Mm. And it's fantastic. Okay. Because, because it's all about how you're navigating what you want to happen next, how you feel about the relationship. And mm. that's spot on. So, yay. Um, also, you have circle of life going on there in terms of like coming full circle back to Oregon. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that the couples are hanging out and you're all blissing out and you have the L.A. Tulsa experience. I love that. Um, 
the fear factor is coming in about the time is over. That's fantastic. And then in retrospect, I go, oh, yeah, of course, this is like a total setup for a marriage proposal. Of course, in retrospect, not while I'm experiencing mm. it, but while I'm uh, later as I'm reviewing it. Um, and then I love the, the randomness of the bald eagle. Okay. And um, I know, I know, I know, Adam and I have a slight departure here, but I would, I would go to you know, spiritanimal.com and see what that's about. <laughs> because oh, like you that. know, is she, is she? <laughs> Adam's shaking his head. He's like, oh <laughs> don't, God, don't, don't, don't do it. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Just it's something to explore. It's another layer. It's yeah. another layer. Now, here's the thing with that marriage proposal from my perspective, which is. Sam pulls a ring out of his pocket and he's fumbly or whatever and he says whatever he says. Um, so as soon as he pulls the ring out of his pocket, we know. So can we suspend that? In other words, can we, cre- not al- can we create more tension? So mm-hmm. he pulls something out of his pocket because you may not recognize it in the moment as a ring. Maybe. Is it, is it like in a ring box or is it raw? You know what I mean? Is like yeah. like so if he's pulling something out of his pocket, it's like what is he what's he doing? And he doesn't go down on his knee. So then like yeah. when, when so we need to be really specific on the reveal. Okay. You actually did it a bit in the last draft. You talked about how everyone started to walk ahead and Sam was lingering behind. Yeah. And even that can create space. And maybe it was in this draft. Yeah, in this draft too. It was there, it was there yeah. But you can always push that spatially through through also description. Just from a technical standpoint, what you could do is everyone was walking ahead and I started to walk behind them and Sam was laying back and I was wondering what was going on. Why was he drifting back there? I saw the trees rustle. I started to get irritated, whatever it was. But you can draw that out in a narrative way. Hmm. And then I see him reaching for his pocket. I'm not quite sure what he's doing. Sam, let's go. Do you see what I'm saying? Whatever. You can start to create, you can create space in the narrative that way. Create space tension. So that we're sitting there and that whole time you're doing that, we are thinking, for the audience, it's like, what's Sam up to? And we keeps us engaged. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's gotcha. what I'm getting at. That's what Josh's note, yeah. which is a good, great note, is so, getting at. So very, be very concrete on the reveal and keep that reveal for uh, away from us for as long as possible. Because it's not a traditional merit. It's not a pr- traditional one. And so he's not getting down on a, on a knee, so there's no reveal on an overt level. Mm. When you go to your should, sh- I should be excited, mm-hmm. I don't know if the character has that perspective if that's a positive perspective or a negative perspective. Okay. And I need to know. Okay. In that moment. It doesn't have to be true forever, but in that moment. So I'm going to ask you that question. In that moment, is the character, is that a positive perspective or a negative perspective? I should be excited. That's the line of dialogue or the line of description. Negative. So let me hear it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let me hear it in terms of making it concrete in right. terms of how, what she says and how she rolls it out. Okay. So I said yes. Could, could could you go to that? Could you go to that beat? So I said yes. I looked at him standing there holding Rico's teddy bear blanket and this ring out to me, and thought I should be excited right now, but the feeling of dread in the pit of my stomach expanded. And then I have, and then the rational mind took over and said, "Why wouldn't I? This is great. We love each other. This is a good thing." We will be able to live together in L.A. and our relationship can keep going. So I said yes. Okay. So what you do there in terms of flipping it, you flip it from a negative to a positive. Mm-hmm. So your instincts to go for it on I should be excited is right on. That should be negative. Because mm-hmm. okay. then you flip me to positive of all the upsides, right? Yes. Or justifications. Yes. And from the justification to positive, you get to 
give me the line of dialogue again. Why sh- Why wouldn't I? This is great. We love each other. This is a good thing. We'll be able to live together in L.A. and our relationship can keep going. Uh-huh. So I said yes. So I said, yes. comma, quote. Uh, yeah. Right? So I said... Yes. Because that's what we're waiting for. We're waiting for, your, and he's waiting for mm. the, the positive and the negative response. And so right now it wasn't. It was. It was. It was uh, foggy. <laughs> mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then here's the other. The other larger note, and this is something you have to finesse, which is from the time he says, "Does he actually say the line of dialogue? Do you have him actually saying it?" Yeah, I have him. He, he pulled a ring out of his pocket and nervously and abruptly said, "Will you marry me?" Comma quote. Will you marry me? Great. So from that moment to your yes moment Mm -hmm. is a suspension. We we go beyond time and space, right? Yeah. So that needs to be clear. In real time, how much time is there? In real time. Like a few seconds. Exactly. Yeah. And yet we're going in, we're, we're, we're diving into your psyche. Now we get to, we're, we're elongating time and space. Yeah. So we need to create that sense of suspension. Okay. From the writing. Yeah. You have the... You have the even, chops. You'll do yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, even though it's two seconds in reality, you can make that a page. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm saying it's done all the time. The, the cleaner, the, the, the clean, uh, what I call clean exits, uh, entrance and exits to that suspension yeah. is, is your, will you marry me? And yes. So now, now you have the bookends, right? Because it's clean, yes. right? It's, this is technical stuff. Yeah. Right. So now, now it's your job to create that suspense in there and let us know that we're beyond time and space. Right. And that's even an opportunity to like the visual world, the sensory world, Mm -hmm. to bring that moment in, and even to bring in commentary. Like that's a moment where you can say, "I remember, you know, I remember the time my mother told me X, and it's affecting me." You know, like you can be creative there, because Mm -hmm. but just. We're going to read it no matter what. Okay, you said something really amazing just now, Adam, and that is bring in the natural world. You know that bald eagle thing? Yeah. Bring in bald eagle. Oh. Right? Yeah. And then we'll know that you're going beyond time and space because you're, you're saying the eagle, the eagle crow, crowed. What does that mean? Should it be yes? Should it be no? I hear birds chirping. I can feel the earth underneath my thing. And then we know, okay, we're going outside of time and space. Yeah. That's fantastic. You know, it's like the chop of the river is loud. And Sam is there looking, smiling at me, smiling yeah. at me, and I can see the turn of his smile. It was the first thing I noticed about him. You know, yeah. whatever, you you have free reign to sort of yeah. like go into that world. Right. Okay, great. And like... He never shaves like that little yeah, part like right yeah. above the upper lip. It's like... Yeah. 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 Love it. And, the, and, then, and then the last note on this chunk is um, I, I, would like it, I would like you to experiment with going much deeper into the element of betrayal. Hmm. when you have the realization that everybody knows but me. Hmm. Because that's a betrayal. Yeah. Right? Yes. So I felt like you touch on it, but I wanted to like... Okay. Yeah. Sometimes uh, like what's happening for me is that we we forget the import and we just deliver the information. I'll do that. Yeah. And... uh, like in this, like with that moment where it's sort of casually like everyone else knew but me, you know, let us f- see how that causes a reaction in you. Mm. You know, what does that begin to look like and feel like and grow in you? You know, and, and what does it mean? Does it mean that Sam had this plan all along? And maybe Sam has this plan from a good place, but it's not what you want anyways. Right. It's this plan to keep you guys together. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he knows. 
you that is you know is it a plan to control you mm. because he knows if he proposes uh then the relationship won't end mm. like what is like you know i don't know you know but it's worth exploring like the motivation you sense and how that affects you one of the one of the ways of demonstrating this would be to you walk back into the cabin and uh, you know there's a and everyone's in there and they go congratulations yay and then oh, in that yeah. moment right so give us the moment when you when that came up and then the the reflect on it hmm. and this is this is where it gets exciting for me which is layers so this character has a has a uh and a behavior where she sometimes goes to alcohol to anesthetize yeah mm-hmm. so would this be the moment when she like knocks back a drink yeah totally right so then so then when she goes for the whiskey in the in the wedding scene we've we've already know that this is a possibility and we go oh not good yeah okay great yeah i think there's that broader question of what do you start doing during this period that shows us your unease mm-hmm. like what are the parts of your behavior which are leaking out you know is it drinking is it fights with your mother like what fights with the garbage man perfect it's a good thing it's a shotgun mic just yeah the instruction is or the question is just what you know when we're typically making a decision we're not 100 percent with yeah we usually look for escape somehow because to be fully there with the decision is uncomfortable yeah some people play video games, some people drink, some people... people some people go on to spiritanimal.com. Yeah, check out the spirit animal. <laughs> I'm definitely going to do that. Some people go shopping. <laughs> right, right. For spirit animals. Right, retail therapy. Yeah. And then, and then is there any, you know, with this betrayal, do you blame your husband-to-be more? Do you blame your friends more? Who, you know, how does it affect the relationship? Now, granted, all, this, all these notes are, like, focused on, like, a line and a half. And, yeah. and and that's why this is depth work. You know, yeah. This is like, it, it can just be like a little look to, to what's that girl's name? Hope. A, a little look to Hope like, Hope, mm. I thought you were my friend. We're going on to the next beat, which is three three months. Yeah, the wedding section. Um, there's a great line. I just want to get this over with so I can get on with my life, mm-hmm. which I really liked. And you could leave Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Uh it just reminded me of, yeah, it's so relatable. So many people get married to escape, so mm-hmm. to escape. You know, I know people have done it. Uh, there's this really, um, there's this moment I noticed where you say, I'm back on track, you know? And I think maybe uh, to the earlier notes about what your relationship is with Christianity, even on the farm in the first page, first paragraph. Yeah. It would be helpful to know like what that means to be back on track for you. Does it mean that you're trying to come to some sort of compromise with your with Christianity and your family? Because the core issue here is you're doing something you think you're back on track, but it's gonna blow up later, right? Yeah. You know? This was the compromise that you thought you can kinda of patch through it and everything would work. Yeah. And so if I know earlier uh, where you stand with Christianity and where you sort of are with it, I can sort of be like, okay, so this is this is this character's way of compromising. 
except I'm still going to want to see the reactivity there of how it's not working. Right. Let me ask the, the, the basic question. What felt back on track? Do you want to read the line? Do you want to go to it? Yeah. My parents were beaming. I think they had been worried for the state of my soul. And somehow knowing that I was getting married to a man who came from a Christian upbringing assured them that I was back on track. So it's, they feel... It's, it's their reaction. Okay. So, yeah, it's their reality. So, so yeah. I guess what I need to know is, what's the conflict? Because it doesn't feel back on track to you. Right. And um, that's the core of the conflict. That's why you are here on some level to please them, right? Like if you weren't concerned about pleasing them, You'd have just, we, we wouldn't have a story, right. Adam. You would have lived, you would have lived <laughs> yeah. in sin with Sam. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's also difference. an important question. Was it, would, this, would it have been unacceptable to Sam as well? Yeah. You definitely would have said no. If you'd said, hey, I don't want to get married, but let's live together, you would have said no way. I think so. Um, cause, mainly because it would be unacceptable to his family as well. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't think Sam would turn you down. I mean, you know what I mean? Between you and me, no way. No I mean, way. I think he you could, no, you could have pressurized him, <laughs> but 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 his relationship to his mom and dad is the is the thing that's the real tipping point. Yeah. If so you know, right. I don't think that he would have at that time in his life done something that his family would have looked down on so much. But even though right. he wouldn't, he didn't care. But left to but, his own. De- right. That's what I'm saying. Left yeah. to his own devices. If he was somewhere in Europe and they would never know. Blah blah totally. blah. He would have. Right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But it, it was the exertion of that. So mm-hmm. here's uh, what. Especially with your ways to... This is a layer, and I was going to get to this note later. But um, as we're talking about the same motivation for you as the same motivation for Sam, Mm -hmm. which is quite simply, what's underneath the desire to please one's parents? Mm -hmm. What's really going on? That's And that's kind of the big question I have going into this. And I don't think you need to like say I was afraid of X, but I think you should know... Right. Like, is this about being rejected by my family? Is there a deep fear? Like, what is, is this exclusion rejection? Like, you know, I kind of think like, because when anyone leaves any belief system from which they are, relationships are involved, right? That's what this is about. And that's why I'm relating it back to the earlier notes on the first page about you and Christianity, Mm -hmm. the character in Christianity. Um, So that's why, I don't know, when that line rolls out, I love that line that line because i can see them sort of looking at you like okay it's going to be okay hannah's hannah's okay she's mm-hmm. marrying this nice evangelical christian man as well mm-hmm. they're gonna he'll probably convince her to come back to the church mm-hmm. right into the fold right yeah everything's gonna be you know she, we we're a little worried about her but you know it's gonna be fine right yeah right but that's not what your character is feeling right so it's just a note to say i love that line and i love that perspective and if there's anything else they're doing that's communicating that, great. Like, oh, Hannah, you're so great. You came back. We got you some pamphlets about this great church in L.A. that you think you and Sam will like. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what their behavior was, but yeah, like stuff like that. I'm guessing okay. they tried to support you in that endeavor yeah, yeah. somehow. Um, and to also look at, for the character in this moment, fundamentally, what is she afraid of? Because what is she, whatever she's afraid of is the reason she's doing something she doesn't want to do. Yeah. That's great. So I'm, I'm going to repeat Adam's note in a different way, which is make concrete your mother's hopes and dreams mm. and make them actionable. So I'm, I'm going to go over that little chunk right now. And I'll, I, I was going to hold off on this overarching note, but since you brought it up, I'll, yeah, I'm, I had I'm it going to bring it the, in. I had it on my yeah. last page of notes, but yeah. it's, yeah, it's well, hard for me because that scene, it feels like so important. Cause well, yeah. 
It's, right, a, it's an over. It, no, I do agree. It's an overarching note. But but since we're on the topic, we're going to do it. Okay. You're, okay. Here we go. Let's I'm going to go. I'm going to go through the 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 smaller ones first. Three months. Uh, that's that's a great time frame. Parents' house, mother, uh, while living with my mother. Fantastic. Love that. Planning. I'm living with my mother while planning my wedding, and I'm planning it with my mother. Yeah. Fantastic. I love that. God's plan. Nice sound bite brings me into the reality. And then you went to that thing of this is all happening too soon. We're the, it's too young. And I love that because that's that, that counter that counters the thing that you did earlier, which is this is not going to work. I'm so sad that this whole relationship we're mm. we're in, we're in a budding time and it's so sad. And so then all of a sudden it's this is all happening too soon. Yeah. And everything changes based on the character's perception. Mm. I love that. Mm. Um, I love that you go to an exit strategy. I love him so. I love him so is your exit strategy. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, it is. That's something to really like let sink into you in terms of the character. Um, get on with my life, exactly. Wedding dress. Um, how the wedding dress came to be your wedding dress, you make it sound nonchalant, mm. but it's it's your mother's... Uh, realized hopes and dreams. Yeah. So I need to have that layered in. Um, like, is there a moment where she's... Right, exactly. Hannah, you don't need a wedding dress. Just wear mine. You know, like, it was there for me when the, our favorite pastor was there in that day and that energy will be in the dress. And I don't know what's going on for her, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's probably some history there for her. It's a, it's a fulfillment moment for your mom and it's not that for you. And from just like a literal symbolic, but those yeah. are kind of oxymoron but um you're taking on the skins of the person you're in conflict with yeah which is on a body level probably hard for the character okay so here's the over here's the over what does it feel like to that character to put on that dress Mm. sorry okay here's the overarching note who are the main characters in this story yeah um me or the character okay um Mm -hmm. And then my mother okay. so. and Sam, I guess. Okay, so those are your those are your three leading roles in this story. Would yes. You, would you agree? Yes. I, I would agree. Okay, so you literally cannot have a conflict between two people. What do you mean? There's always the third that creates the conflict. Mm. Do you, do you? Yeah. You see, you see where that is? Okay. Yeah. So since there's three char- three lead characters in this piece. Whose conflict, what character creates the most conflict? My mother. Mm-hmm. So that's really good to identify uh-huh. as, the over, as an overarching note that's coming along. Okay, yeah. Right? So there really inherently is no conflict between you and Sam. Yeah, another way of looking at it is Sam is just mm-hmm. leveraging you. That's why I'm asking those questions earlier, like how you react to his, what's his motivation and what's he doing? Because he's just... I mean, Sam Sam only has a charge because you're getting leveraged by your history and your mother, right? Yeah. Outside, the pressure of the history of your family is applying pressure on this character to make her make decisions she doesn't want to make. Yeah. But Sam is not the person doing that in a way. Like, he is, he, sure, he is speeding things up. He's like the catalyst. Yeah. But deep down, the conflict, like, you know, the regard for him is fine. Yeah. And... And he's got his own conflict there, right? Yeah. He's got the same conflict as you. Mm-hmm. His, it's just expressing it in different behavior, right? He's doing different things. Yeah. He's trying to, 
you know, get this person he loves, right? Yeah. And and commit. But the pressure is you, your relationship to your mother, and I would also add your relationship to Christianity. But but the mother and Christianity are she's the same. She's the stand-in. Yeah. She's it's, the stand-in it's, symbol. It's, no, it's the same. Because the, the mother's conflict, part of the why there is a conflict with the mother is with Christianity. So I'm I'm merging both of those entities into one. Because otherwise you're going against the church and that's not real. But But the mother does represent it in terms of how she holds that space. Yeah, I think I chose to be more specific about my mother, even though it is a broader conflict. But saying like the church or Christianity it, it, is feels like it, so it, non-specific. It, right. And it's the same thing when you do World War II movies. You know what I mean? It's like you can't go against Nazi Germany. You can't go against Hitler unless Hitler's in the in the screenplay. But you can go against, you know, Schindler. Or whoever it is, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it, that's and that's why it's important to embed it into your mother. So you know, and she, maybe she gives you a cross. But but so and here's 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 the next note on top of that note, which is again even bigger overarching. Are you ready for this one? Yeah. What is this story really about? If if that's now the context, and, and we agree that the true conflict in this story is not between you and Sam, but it's between you and your mother. Mm-hmm. What is this story really about? I mean, I don't really want it to be a story just about like my conflict with my mother or I feel like all my stories <laughs> end up coming back uh-huh. to Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, please. <laughs> is that is that couch comfortable? <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because because I could shroud this in the mar- and I could call this this is the marriage proposal. Yeah. But but it's not. I'm yeah. talking about from the underbelly. I'm talking yeah. about at the deepest levels or at the largest canopy. Right. What gives shape and meaning and form to the story is? Well, I mean, the big, the biggest thing is, like, my struggle against, like, Christianity in the, in the way that I was raised. But then, like, it kind of ends up being, like, my mother is a stand-in. Um, yeah, that's the main. But see what I, like, at the end, and that's why I have that part about going to therapy and I don't know. I want to work in somehow what I really want it to be about is um, my own power. And like, so I don't want it to be a story where I'm just like, my mother is the problem, you know, for everything. Or I I just want it to be a little more empowered than that. You know what I mean? That's the takeaway. Yeah, that's the takeaway. That's different. Mm. That's that, but that's not the underbelly. That's not the larger canopy that's unspooling this story. Right? Yeah. Right. And so if you're telling a story about someone who at the end of the story is empowered, that tells me at the beginning of the story they are unempowered. Yeah. OK. Yeah, I see. What you, that makes sense. I mean, looked at it in other ways. You know, we keep as you know, we give me this note, say, hey, let me know your relationship to Christianity in the first paragraph and mm-hmm. what that's like. If, if, if we also know your relationship to your mother around Christianity earlier. Yeah. Then when we get to this point, we also know it becomes more uncomfortable because we already know this character is not super thrilled to be here. And, and that, that that's what's complicating this relationship. And that's what's motivating her to do something she doesn't like doing. Yeah. Uh, and I, okay. I don't think you have to make this quote unquote, another story about your mother. I'm saying you can drop in enough where we know this yeah. is what's making you uncomfortable. Right. I want to be mm-hmm. clear. There's there, uh, there's no suggestion of any significant rewrite on this by giving that note. No, okay, no. Yeah. Everything rolls out exactly as you've done it. Everything mm-hmm. rolls out with all the same sequences. Yeah. No scene changes. Okay. But once that articulation is made, 
it changes everything. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. It helps us understand why this character is doing something. Yeah. Right. Which, uh, that allows us to be fully engaged mm. and allows us to be compassionate towards her. Uh, in a sense, to root for her a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Okay. So here's so here's what's coming up. Here's what's coming down the, t- the, the, the turnpike here. So she wants to break the bond with her mom, right? Yes. Okay. Then her mom gives her this thing about breaking bonds yeah. with past relationships, right? Yeah. It makes you a virgin again. And you know what the character does? She does it. She does it. Yeah. No matter what she says, the character, she still did it. Yeah. So there's something that's still so deeply embedded that she 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 hasn't broken. Mm-hmm. And then all those things that, that happened at the wedding, I need to know that it's what's making your mother's heart sing. That you imply it. I kind of get the, the impression of it based mm-hmm. on the choices. But I need it to be concretized. I need it to know without a doubt that it is in direct conflict with what it is that your ideal was. And how much did the wedding cost? You don't have to say it in the story, but we have to have a sense of what that is. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, not in terms of, like, I could say $10,000 or I could say $100,000. But if I make $20,000 a year, that's half my salary. If I make a million dollars and it's 100000 it's like, who cares? Right. So I need to know the emotional investment. And I love God can figure it out. That makes me smile. <laughs> and, yeah. And I, I really appreciate the shout out for the vegan cupcakes. That was really thoughtful. <laughs> I like the dressing room whiskey. Yeah. It's so, uh, it reminds me of the performance because in a way you're performing. Oh, you're, yeah. You're mm-hmm. performing here for other people and you have this dressing room where you run back for a nip of, of yeah. bourbon, <laughs> which no doubt many performers have done. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. And yeah, just even give me uh, even another detail if you want to, like, does it get sloppy? Do you, you spill... Did you, I can't remember. Did you spill whiskey on your dress? Wine. You, wine. Yeah, I spilled wine. The, it was actually the blood of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Spill the blood of Jesus <laughs> on oh, your mother's. Man, that'd be great. So. <laughs> well, so, so, so here's the takeaway on this chunk or this scene or this section of, of your yeah. story, which is you have an, an awakening where you go, none of this was for me. Yes. I need to see that. We need We as your reader or your audience need to hear, see that in real time. Like I need to see you woke in that moment. And here's my indicator that mm. you're asleep is because you, you do the, you do the, the thing that your, your mother asks you to do. You comply. Yeah. Like you've complied with everything else. Yeah. So, and there's a part of you that's asleep. Right. Otherwise, how could you do what you do? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that is, that's, that's your defining moment. Is like during the wedding when I have that realization. You know, just like when you when when we did the the proposal scene and we had the hard in and the hard yeah, out. Yeah. I need a hard in. Okay. I need a hard moment where it's like, oh my god. None of the people in this room, I invited. Oh my god. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, making it up, but. Yeah, yeah. Like. Okay. Yeah, and I think there's also a way to play the next day. You leave immediately. Yeah. I don't think that's that common. <laughs> yeah. I don't think the day after they're Esca- writing escape, pack escape. up the new hall and start and start uh, and leave immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds like no honeymoon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No honeymoon. Road trip. Yeah. We do road trip. 
And it sounds more than a road trip, like a move. It's a move. There's a lot of packing. <laughs> I think feel like there's a lot of storage facilities going on here. Yeah. And packing and unpacking. Unromantic. Yeah. I think I, I did the, because based on a note from last time, was that you wanted to see the character kind of realize her situation while she's in it, as opposed to just like reflecting on it, it years later. It real time real time at the wedding it can be like at the at the end of the evening yeah, it can yeah. be like you know the party's over right it doesn't I'm, I'm i'm completely open to when but it needs to happen that moment real time okay real time another way of thinking about it is just keeping us in scene keep us in the scene mm-hmm. yes got it so like you know i say i do and my mother and father are dancing and smiling and Sam's off greeting his friends and it feels like the world is getting smaller around me and you know that sort of like mm-hmm. and so I go back and I take take a nip of whiskey mm-hmm. and I think about how many hours it'll be till I can get to the storage facility to pack the U-Haul and that will be in LA in 24 hours yeah you know like good. that sort of you know that drops me in and I'm like oh right so it's even better if they're actual actions that can be suspension based. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I'm going to give you an exercise on 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 a way to do that. You ready? Yes. Okay. Well, all three of us are going to do it. Okay. Together. Yes. Okay. Great. At a reception, mm-hmm. ten specific moments that happen at every reception. Mm. Okay. I'm going to go first. Okay. Uh, the the first dance between the husband and the wife. Yeah. Okay, Adam. Uh, I've, so, so I don't write, know if they do this at everyone, but there's usually a, a line of greeting of the. Oh right, 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 right. Where everyone walks in and greets the bride and groom. Greeting yeah, line. what's that called? Greeting line. Yeah, okay. Greeting line. Okay, Re- your reception, reception line. That's yeah. the reception line. Okay, okay, your turn, Hannah. Uh, um, toasts. Toasts, great. Toast. Okay, the toast. <clears throat> best man gets a. But yeah, best man gets a toast. <clears throat> um, the 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 new family, old family, combined family photograph moments oh, yeah. those are oof. Oof. okay <laughs> right. loves that. yeah i can yeah <laughs> okay your turn my dream is that someday you'll get married and i get to <laughs> observe what that ritual looks like <laughs> thanks adam yeah. it's always good to have hopes and dreams <laughs> okay uh i'm gonna say the cutting of the wedding cake Ooh, oh yeah nice <laughs> nice okay uh, you know sometimes there's a little yeah oh, a little animosity a yeah little, there's like, always force a feeding. weird force feeding Oof, thing that is ugly. so weird <laughs> it's so weird and it's weird and everyone does it which makes it even more weird <laughs> uh-huh okay uh, yeah right on let's see what else we have yeah uh, we have like the tossing of the bouquet oh right yeah the, yeah, the bouquet and the garter belt thing. Garter belt. Yeah, yeah 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 okay um there's also some weird thing between like intergenerational dances like the grandpa and like mm. the 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 girl who's you know turning age and you know whatever you know there's always the, the, on, yeah, the, on like, the dance floor there's some sort of like yeah, I know. I know it's not too specific, but I always see that. A lot of times, there's like the mother daughter. I mean, the mother son and the father daughter dance after the first yeah. couple dance. Yeah. So those weird. And then yeah. And, and like I'm, I'm also talking about grandpa and like and like the the sister of the bride who's like yeah. 14 and totally. they dance. Yeah. And yeah. it's very specific to a wedding. You don't really see that any other yeah. time. Okay, that's mine. I haven't seen it that much, but I think it happens is the exit to the waiting driveway vehicle. Mm. Which sometimes they'll rent an old vintage oh, car right. sometimes, yeah. and they'll write on the windows. Okay, yeah, and and they do the whole rice thing. The rice, yeah. yeah. I mean, is which that, is that an Italian tradition? Where does that come from? Uh, it's I I don't know where it comes from, but I know it's supposed. To, the rice is is symbolic for fertility. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> and they only use white rice. Yeah. So 
I don't. Um, okay. Yeah, That's, I don't know. I don't know the that. country. Yeah. I've seen people use sparklers too sometimes. Now, oh wow! The updated version. Okay, sparklers. So sparklers are rice. Okay. All right. Has, so we need a couple more, and then we'll we'll be at our magic number. Usually, there's some kind of meal. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I guess that doesn't always have to be. Uh, reception, reception. Oh, uh, along with the toast, there might be some sort of like um, live music with like an MC person. Yeah, dancing. Uh, dancing, trying to encourage people to get up on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is? What I've else? been to weddings where there's a specific drink that the couple loves that gets served mm-hmm. for everyone. Okay. Yeah. Like it's the first drink okay. that Tommy and Jen had on their date, and so now <laughs> we're gonna serve it at the wedding. <laughs> oh, that's it! That horrible thing that people get up and they do those little like stories. Yeah. Those slideshows. Yeah. Oh, oh too, right? yes. I have a friend who got in conflict with her mother because her mother wanted to do a slideshow at their oh, wedding. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> All right. Great. Okay. So while this is a really fun thing to do, and it's and I, I highly recommend doing lists for any time you're at, at a junction just like this. Mm-hmm. What you now do is you take that list. And from that list, you pick the moment that she has the realization mm. in that event. Okay. So then it makes it really concrete. And you're not limited to that, of course. Right, you can find yeah. your own. But but those are those are key moments that, that could help yeah. you. I have a suggestion, too, on that front, Hannah. Because there's a theme of your relationship to Christianity here. Yeah. Like when Josh pre- presents this, I'm thinking honestly about all the repetitive rituals at Jewish weddings that I've been to so many times. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, there's this when you, once you're, once you say I do, you stomp on a piece of glass. Mm-hmm. What is the ritual that is happening at this wedding that relates to Christianity? And how are you feeling about that? Mm. That's nice. another way in nice. just to make it consistent with thematically. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good, Adam. Just, yeah. And I don't know what those... I haven't been... Have I been to an evangelical wedding? I've been to an evangelical church. For now. I don't know what that symbol is. I imagine there must be some very specific prayers. Perhaps no. Mm. I I like the blood of Christ. I, I'm I'm gonna go with wine. <laughs> yeah, some you people, know. a lot of people will take communion um, in uh, their wedding. I oh, do wow. that. Uh, but yeah, in the ceremony. And and was there? And sometimes you know you see this sometimes. In some Jewish weddings, there can be a little bit of conflict with about what traditions to do. Yeah. With the family members, like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to read that psalm. That's so hack. Or yeah, like, yeah. you know, things like that. Where that, that's I'm so just, Old Testament. That's yeah. New Testament. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just wondering, because that's another potential to explore in a very, like, 15 words, one sentence, Yeah. conflict between the character and the mother. Got it. Basically, is there anything that the mother is wanting at this wedding that relates to Christianity that you're not super psyched about? Aside from your prayer, which is just amazing. Awesome. I love that. And also, to be quite honest, that scene works particularly well because um, it's coming from the outside, right? Like, you're... It's the passivity that is eating at you, mm-hmm. right? It's not you taking your power. Right. Um, so anything we can see to amp that up is going to be great. Okay. Then the next beat that I love is that as you're, you know, t- on your road trip, you talk about your relationship now, what used to be sacred love, mm-hmm. and now in some ways it's tainted. And I find that to be so interesting, such a great perspective that it was sacred before the church got involved. Mm-hmm. The church and the state of Oklahoma, right? Because yeah. they're the two entities that bring you together, which creates conflict Yeah. yet again. Because between the husband and wife, there's no conflict. But as soon as you add in the church or the state, you now have a triad. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really great. Um, something to get past, fantastic therapist. I love it. The last note is the element of the second anniversary. Mm-hmm. What 
does he have planned? Because there's nothing pushing up against that last scene. Okay. And that by your revelation, you thwart it. Mm-hmm. I can give an example if it helps. Yeah. So Sam has, you know, the helicopter booked, right? Mm. And then the limousine's like like 10 minutes away. Yeah. To pick you up, to go to the the Bonaventure for the, ho- you know, for the meal up there and then have a nighttime view of the, you know, of the skyline with the helicopter, right? Yeah. And he's dropping like 3K. Yeah. Okay. And so then he's like, but he hasn't told you. Mm. He's like, okay, tonight's the night. He's like, what? What, what are we going to do? Oh, nothing. I got something special. And then you're like, you know what? I got to talk to you about something. And then the whole evening just implodes. Mm. Okay, yeah, totally. I'm exaggerating, but yeah. so, something something in that world yeah. so that he has a disappointment. He has to change. He has to alter oh, something yeah. to accommodate you so that you guys can be real with each other. It's because it, because what you're talking about is is emotional integrity. And if he goes along with it, that's even it's kudos to Sam. We talked a little bit about this last time, but the challenge here is that when characters in real life change, it's usually a slow, incremental, gradual process of going to therapy for two years and yeah. slowly taking your power back, right? Mm-hmm. From a storytelling perspective, if you can give us a moment that is meaningful for you where you do take your power back, because when he's planning the second anniversary and you say, I can't do this, this feels painful for me, I, that wasn't a good day for me, if you can find a, what Josh is, is pointing to is like, can we find an action and a moment that he's doing in your reaction so you can drop us into a climax? Yeah, okay. So uh, the other way to do it is with a time bridge, which I have done before. And that is more like you almost take it the other direction Mm -hmm. in your writing. And it goes, and you have to be really keyed into your unhappiness during that two-year period from your wedding. And it would be something along the lines of, in LA, I begin work as an interior design assistant. I'm not happy, but I'm married, and I get to live with the person I love. And things grow. Sam plans dinners, and I feel almost there, but not quite there. We do this and this and this and this and this and this. And then on our second anniversary, I begin seeing a therapist. The therapist tells me X. I say Y. I fight her until I until I realize. You know, like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you drop us into the transformation somehow. Yeah. Okay. I would honestly like to see you do both. Okay. Um, because the core final note I have is, what do you do to take your power back? Yeah. If this is a story about losing your power, what do you do it to take it back? Yeah. I think that needs more development. I was trying to do that at the end with finally acknowledging my true feelings about the marriage and wedding, which then changes like the dyna- dynamic, kind of like bringing it out from the closet or something, along with other things. But I think it needs to be more, more clear. The, yeah. The other thing I would say is, I would consider also if there's a core underpinning of conflict between you and the mother. Mm-hmm. Another aspect of it is what's happening with the mother after wedding day. Yeah. Right. Totally. Because we could use a line. I imagine something has to happen there for the character to take her power back. If if the the, the premise is that the conflict is with the mother, the main conflict with, is with the mother. Therefore, there's no resolution without the mother. It's in relationship to your mother that the character ultimately grows. Yeah. Then the ripple effect is with Sam. Right. And that's how it roots and gets to grow and develop. But without that, without that moment, it's, it's a false flag. 
Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Bring my mother back into it more. You know, just... just I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's bridging time where characters tr- have drastically changed in personal narrative is hard. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, that's another aspect of... If we even just have a detail of a... Because keep in mind, in the previous scene, the mother has just done something that the daughter doesn't like. And in order for this daughter to heal in her relationship with her husband she's probably going to have to do something there, mm-hmm. right? Particularly if she felt coerced from her own beliefs into it, you know? Yeah. And so it'll just give a roundness to the story if we see another beat in that relationship. It doesn't have to be full resolution, just it'll be some small symbol. Yeah, okay. Well, taking your power back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what would that be? So what would that be? I don't know. I have to think. You've got a f- couple phone calls to make. No, I mean, I... I, <laughs> I was joking. Do I have a lifeline? I feel like it's like... No, um, I meant like, you know, let I me know, call my mother. Give me a minute, I just need to call her. Oh, God, I still have work to do. <laughs> no. And, like, it's just one of those things where in real life, like we were saying, it's, it's a lot of, like, conversations and a per- over time type of thing. So I'm trying to think of what I could do right, that would be right. specific. Yeah, so... so you know, I live in a certain world and my world tells me behavior. So like, for instance, if, if one of your behavior, it's, it's not, but if one of your behaviors was that you went to church every Sunday and you stopped going mm-hmm. to church, that would be a behavioral shift that would indicate your, your change. Yeah. Right. So what changes does your character do or go through that would make it concrete? Mm. I don't know. I need to think about that. Like she stops reading the daily, you know, passage out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, are there certain rituals with your parents that you just choose not to do? Yeah. I mean, it makes it hard because then I'm living across the country, right? So there's not really, you don't have that in-person contact. Is there anything that Sam wants to do in the context of this that you decide, you know what, that's not for me anymore in the context of religion? Or is he pretty much on the same page as you in terms of like his involvement, what he uh, wants involvement to be? Yeah, I mean, he had he had a little more uh, just involvement in that world, and then he, when we first got to California, he wanted to go to this like meetup group, and it was Christian, and for him, I think it was just like social. He didn't really care, but I was like no <laughs> you know well, that that's a great that's a great right. moment yeah because that really shows that i'm breaking here i'm breaking something yeah. i know it seems small but it's not actually that small mm. right because for him it's unconscious he's like yeah of course you go hang out with other christians yeah and you're like but you're conscious about it right and, yeah. you know he doesn't mean anything by it but it means something to you okay you know yeah. or you know i don't know but i would think through moments like that yeah and, and when i talk about time bridge those are the kinds of when you can string like four details together and it's beautiful. You really, I have to, I think I have a copy of it. I'm going to give you um, Jennifer Egan's uh, story, Safari, because she does it gorgeously in the last 200 words of that short story. Mm. But um, it can be something along the lines of we get to LA and I think this is the ideal and we're living together. I've got a job, an interior designer. Sam's directing films. We're far away from Oklahoma, but it's subtle. But it's subtle. Sam suggests we go to a meetup with other Christian singles. I can't do it. Blah, 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 blah. And we just see the dot, dot, dot of where you are 
Yeah. You know, and the pressure. And, you know, it has to feel true to you, but that's another way of dealing with incremental change over time because that's the challenge of what Mm -hmm. this is. Okay, so so here we go. Here's another list of 10. You ready? Here we go. Okay. Things, Things I do in Oklahoma as a Christian woman. Okay, here we go. Uh, <laughs> okay, go to church. I'll do the easy one. Okay. Go to church. Okay, your turn. Yeah. Your turn, Adam. Uh, not my, not my expertise. <laughs> yeah, but you make it up, baby. Channel your inner <laughs> Channel it. Channel it. I am maybe something related to music and choir. I think oh, there's good. a lot of music related uh, okay. to church. To, I yeah. imagine many yeah. people okay. are involved in that end of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Put that down. All right. <laughs> good job. Okay. Good job. Okay. Uh, pray before a meal. Great. Oh. Excellent. Um. Oh, candy striper at a hospital. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Candy striper at a hospital. Is there some political extension of church now that everyone does? Uh, Our pro. We you know we pro. We yeah. Oh, pro life. Right. We're, we're gonna go right. We're gonna go demonstrate at demonstrate. an abortion clinic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I never did that. It's <laughs> yeah, never really clear. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but I do know people that did that. Yeah. Okay. Do does that? that okay. I'm always curious. Does that organization come from within the church or? Or yeah, sort of, I don't know. But like, it would be okay to stand up at church and be like, hey, if anybody's around Sunday, we're going to go. Maybe. It depends oh, on the know. church. Okay. But yeah. All right. I'm curious. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Your turn. Just like maybe go to a Bible study, which is like a smaller group. Okay. 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 Social type okay. thing. Bible study. Okay. I'm going to go with um, annual bake sale to raise money for the Christian school or yeah. camping or whatever it is. All oh, right. Okay. The camp thing is big. Yeah, camping. A lot of camping. I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of camping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of gifts. Uh, mm. The necklace with the cross on it. The advent calendar around Christmas. I feel like there's a lot of gift giving going on. That's religiously related. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> look at you. Can't N- wait for N- my advent N- calendar. Look at look at look at you, NJB, doing all this kind of work with the Christians. <laughs> that's, what, that's what happens. Yeah. Date, that's date right. outside the tribe. That'll teach you. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like a, another big gift is journals. Like people oh, give each other oh, journals a lot to nice. write down, you know, different yeah. prayers or thoughts. So yeah. Christian yeah. journals is a big okay. thing too. Oh, okay. What what sort of stuff do you write in there? You write like th- like a prayer that you're gonna say or your thoughts about yeah. your relationship to God. Yeah, or yeah. like musings on different. Um, you talk about different Bible verses that you're memorizing oh, and are right. studying, right. things like that. Memorizing Bible verses is another thing. People do right. Luke twelve, you know, verse then. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay, that's great. I always get this vibe of like it. It can either be a restaurant or a, or a picnic, but like after church services meal. Yeah, like after Sunday yeah. meals going out together. Yeah, and it seems like it's usually like a coffee shop or a Waffle House or whatever yeah. you guys have there in yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah, totally. pancakes, IHOP. Yeah, I don't know. It is. So that's your list as a good Christian woman in Oklahoma, and then you do the list of the good pagan living in sin city no, i'm teasing you know <laughs> you, you living in los angeles and and, yeah. and and what that contrast is okay so sunday morning yoga. yes so go ahead <laughs> let, let, let's do let's do a round let's do a round yeah yoga yoga okay because <laughs> that because sure. because cr- cr- some christians believe that's the word spirit of, of kundalini it's demonic <laughs> shit literally it's the, have it's the work of, of the devil yeah mothers is did, wait, what did she do yoga yeah. what, did, what did she say don't do yoga. Because? The spirit of kundalini is demonic. That is amazing. That's so amazing because I... Because you feel the same way? <laughs> yeah. Josh is trying to control my soul with his <laughs> yoga and energy. No, I saw there was a, a Christian lady on an online dating website that I am a member of. And 
I, she, I was just like, I'm just fascinated by people's profile. And she was going on and on and about, how, really? how, about how de- demonic like yoga is. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, what's wrong? Why does this woman have a bone to pick with yoga? And I just realized why. I guess it's viewed as, as demonic by some, yeah. some segments. So. There are a lot of Christians that do yoga, though. I think it's, oh, yeah. it's a little more... You know, conspira- on the very conservative side, right, right, yeah. But there, there are there are those that are like it's they won't they won't have it. This whole yeah. Namaste thing and yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. teaching yoga in public schools is like yeah. no bueno. Well, they wouldn't say that because that's Spanish. But <laughs> they would say that's no good. Well, yeah, I think there's a little bit of a threat there because it feels spiritual, yeah. and so it's like, yeah, okay, you can do yoga, but as long as you're still, you know we're clear that that's not your religion. That's an exercise. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Downward dog. Uh, Okay. So so we got that. (laughs) We got yoga. One Uh, through 10 yoga. Okay. Yoga. Uh, um, Brunch at farmer's markets. Yeah. I'm just going to say drugs. Yeah. (laughs) There's just just drugs in LA. (laughs) Drugs. Oh, like there's not an, oh, not a not a good Christian Oklahoma. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, there's just, you don't, there's, there's no Hollywood party with people going to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think so. I could be oh, right. I totally yeah. forgot. For your other list in Oklahoma, rifle mm. trucks with rifle racks. Yeah. And bumper stickers that's that say not Jesus. About Christianity. With bumper stickers that say Jesus is Lord or something like that, or with Jesus is. Yeah, yeah. With the I Christian, would say fish. The Christian fish. Let's not just take blanket shots at Oklahoma. That's not. <laughs> no, that's not. That's true of Texas too. A bunch of other states. For our seven listeners in Oklahoma. We <laughs> we we have no reality on four by fours with r- rifle racks in LA. Yeah. Come on. I've never had to live in the country and defend myself against wild animals. Is all I'm saying, Josh. You might have a different perspective if you had a ranch. A ranch. And w- wolves were eating yeah. your cattle. You might. I also it. love trucks. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I love it. I also love Oklahoma. So just okay. Yeah. We're not. We're not. We're not dissing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're just yeah. like contrasting. But drug. But there. I think drugs is good because there's a different experience or viewpoint of drugs mm-hmm. out here too. And there's also like a, whereas um, it's like just very black and white in Oklahoma. Drugs yeah. are bad, you know. Right. Also, we have such a variety. We have the drugs here, like like there are the drugs that are like the tune out drugs, like heroin and oxy and and those things. But then we also have like the spiritual enlightenment drugs. And right. Like, let's go do some ayahuasca and, and heal. Right. Yeah. Ceremony. Let's do some ceremony. Right. Let's do ceremony. Yeah. Right. So we have a whole other view that drugs can heal. Right. Right. And also marijuana is legal now. <laughs> Hi, California. <laughs> <laughs> Can't walk okay. 50 yards in the park by my house without smelling pot now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm trying Almost. to think. Um, I, I know. C- c- when you live in it, it's harder to make the list, you know, because it's your reality. Yeah, um, I would. Media is coming to mind as well, like media in terms of the movies you surround yourself with. And yeah, Christian rock or Christian themed films. Whereas here, you're kind of encouraged to see terrible uh, things. I would say like cultural, uh, wide cultural experiences, events. Um, you know, like I'm trying to think of like what a good example of that would be. But yeah, I mean, even I think art is, yeah. is one. Yeah. It's more international as opposed to like local. Yeah, and there's just exposure to different cultures. Cultures like and Robert, Ma- like you. I don't know if you would go to a Robert Maplethorpe photography exhibition in Oklahoma. Even right. if they had access, even if that came to Oklahoma, would you know I- iconographic photos of mm-hmm. gay men in New York in the 80s and 90s be yeah right acceptable? Yeah, yeah. Would yeah. it get a good review? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it would. Yeah. I wonder if it would ever get to a museum in Tulsa. Okay. Yeah, um, I think that's good. I'm putting down media. I'm putting art comedy mm-hmm. 
yeah, a lot of different what things. Else, what else do we have here? Um, yeah, I went to a stand-up last night, and there was definitely some abortion jokes. Yeah. Okay. Which would not have been okay in a lot of America. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you want to hear the joke? Yeah. There was a woman on stage, and she was like, so, uh, you know, junior year, my friend and I got pregnant, and... Um, I got an abortion and my friend uh, signed up for $20,000 of bills a year for the rest of her life. So next summer she was nursing and I was backpacking in Europe. Oh, wow. I mean, it was pretty hardcore. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't lay it out properly. It was funny. Uh, that was, yeah. I actually that didn't think it was, it was okay. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, what about Westside her Comedy Theater. What about her soul, though? Sure, she can make a little joke. I'm not going to make some abortion soul? jokes because I know it's... A lot of people have strong feelings there. I'm just going to say that is not a comedy routine that I think would have flown in a lot of America. Right. Definitely. Yeah. So, okay, media. Um, media. Um, I'm going to go with, like, um, Flash. Do you guys you guys don't flash money in Oklahoma, do you? Like, what like, do you mean? Like, like, you know, here people drive, like, Lamborghinis oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Totally. No, no. Like, fast lifestyle? What, what, yeah. do, you, what do you want to call that? Flashing cash? I don't know. Just superficiality, maybe? Superficiality? Yeah. Lifestyle. <laughs> Yeah, okay. even the rich people in Oklahoma are like very humble. Right, they're not going to flash, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Certainly, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got one. Gluten-free breakfast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lifestyle. Lifestyle. Superfoods. Uh, just also being more active. Yeah, hiking, I was in, uh, hiking b- beach, going to the beach, yeah, b- actually outside. being being naked, being almost naked, right, at the beach, yeah. right, according to Christians, being almost naked uh in public. Because yeah. you guys don't have that opportunity to be almost naked in public, do you, in Oklahoma? There are a lot of lakes in yeah, there's Oklahoma. There's lakes. People go go swimming. But um, but do they wear those kinds of bikinis? Some people do. But, um, like, when growing up, yeah, we know it's very much more, like, covered. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you don't, at least you're exposed to it here. It's like, they're the, you know, well, I guess there you're exposed I to it. I mean, there's too. people that, are, that definitely wear that kind of stuff in Oklahoma. Yeah, but they're heathen. Yeah, they're yeah. definitely going to hell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For loving their bodies. <laughs> yeah, that'll teach them. So I hope that I hope that helps with a yeah. contrast list. Awesome. So those are the notes. Do you have any other questions <laughs> for us? Another really short note session. Yeah. I okay. So I feel like what's going to happen when I start digging in is that this piece is just going to get longer, and. So I'm wondering if you have any notes about like my process. Like, should I just embrace that, let it go longer, and then do like a second revisit and edit it down? Like, what length should I bring in next time? As long as it is. Okay. Yeah, I would just don't 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 do that to yourself because because you, you create and edit are two different worlds, and you're about creating the story, finding the story. You don't want to give yourself that that on. on onus you don't want to give yourself that onus that it has to be at 12 pages or whatever it is because mm-hmm. you're, you're you're still finding ultimately right now for me that's going to be a, a breaker for your for your piece is is getting that overarching theme of what the story is really about mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I feel like you're 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 on, in line with it and i feel like there's more articulation that could help you that, that you're going to do yeah i think you're better off just looking at the note and just writing. So look at the note and then just start, oh, okay, well, these are the things I remember. These were the behaviors I saw at the wedding. And just start writing into it. In terms of uh, sculpting and crafting the narrative, it's 
that is easier to come later and it's not actually that hard and you're already really good at that mm -hmm. you can edit and even that is always going to be flexible based on how much time you have mm -hmm. you know if you are reading it at some place that's only giving you four minutes you might even have a, a version you like at seven but you're going to be you know like yeah. but it's easier to cut that to four when you know exactly what the core spine of the story and the character is and don't worry about bringing us back something that's longer because the more material you have the closer you're going to get to the the nut of the story yeah okay. and, I, and i'm going to say your ultimate edits are uh, they become self-evident when you know your story that well like the depth of the depth of the depth yeah okay yeah that makes sense and that and we're not in that phase mm -hmm. so a every creative process is, goes in different phases mm -hmm. and you're in this phase yeah. yeah hannah thank you so much for coming in we will see you next week listeners next week will be the next episode you get another draft to see more beautiful integration of hannah's notes uh hannah is a successful podcast producer and writer you can find her where on instagram at hm smackers so hannah, it's like hannah where can people find you on instagram at H-M Smackers. Is that H-M-S-M-A-C-K-E-R-S? That's it. Oh, it's very phonetic. That's it is. Good. Smackers. <laughs> nice. Hannah, thank you so much. Good luck. Right. We're here. Thank you so much again for having me. Thank you. Thank awesome. you.